You're listening to Miscast Commentary. Hey everybody, welcome to Miscast Commentary. I am Joe Finley, Todd Tebow the Sailor Murray, not here today because I like to keep my IMDb episodes higher than his. Sure, there's lots of ways you can organize names alphabetically, by creator, all, all sorts of different things, but that's how I want to do it. Keep my episodes a little bit higher than his, so I stay on top of the list. I, it's the least he can do for me. There's dogs outside. See, uh, ever since uh, right here at the Four Seasons, uh, Total Landscaping uh, became the mecca for all press conferences, uh, we've got the security dogs out to make sure that everybody's safe, you know, from accusations, the baseless accusations. I don't want to get political right now. I'm not in the mood. Uh, but <laughs> just because I've been on Twitter and it's fucking depressing. It's just depression. Guys, guys, stop. Anyways, that was a long way of just saying, go check this out on IMDb. And I apologize to everybody who's listening to this podcast who's like, what is he talking about with the Total Landscape? Go on our YouTube. Our YouTube will tell you all about why I'm doing, why I'm talking about the Total Landscaping. I got clever with some green screen, okay? Not even that clever, because I'm sure I'm not even the 50th goddamn person to have done it, despite the fact that it's only been a few days. <sighs> Anyways, we got good stuff for you today. I've got a great guest coming on in a little bit, and you're going to enjoy that. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about the movie we're doing next week in a little bit. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, I wanted to talk about... Uh, Probably the big one for movies uh, right now. Johnny Depp is out in Fantastic Beasts, uh, leaving everybody in a little bit of a lurch because that is a not too in, uh, insignificant role. Uh, I got the feeling they're going to do some kind of, oh, magically I had to change my look shit just to kind of get everybody on board. It was kind of like when... Um, uh, what's her face? I can't remember her name, but when uh, the woman who had played the Oracle in uh, The Matrix died, and then they replaced her, uh, and then it was just kind of like, oh yeah, nope, sometimes that happens, you get it. But again, all I need, I need the smallest, just the teeniest little uh, explanation, and I will get on board, uh, but I'm just, you know, I'm just calling this one predictable. Uh, it was the right thing. Bottom line, you know, he said, hey, I'm innocent. I'm going to prove it by doing this lawsuit. The lawsuit didn't prove that he did anything, but it also didn't prove that she was making everything up. So it's a family movie. I get it. You know, they have enough people with problems on that thing right now. J.K. Rowling being on it is already enough of a problem for them, but she can't be gotten rid of. It's kind of her thing. So... You make do with what you got. So hopefully they'll pick somebody cool uh, to replace him. Uh, I, th I think, I know that people kind of think about these ones like The Hobbit to Lord of the Rings. Like it's a, it's a lesser version. And that's not untrue. But I think it was getting somewhere pretty cool. They're talking about stuff that in Harry Potter was really neat. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm interested in seeing what they do with it. And now we have to see what actually happens. Who are they going to pick? People are talking about Colin Farrell because he technically was Colin Farrell for a bit of the movie anyway. Spoiler alert. But uh, decisions will be made. They will not be made by me. I've 
I've tweeted out some opinions. Nobody gives a shit. Zero likes. I get a lot of likes when I angrily reply to trolls like uh like Republican bots online, but I don't get any love when it comes to uh you know trying to set policy in the nation. That never happens. Uh casting movies, they never ask me. This is a miscast commentary. We know who's being miscast. It's actually us. I had to explain that to somebody. I'm like, ah, oh, maybe the the uh, title of the podcast isn't as clever as I thought it was. Uh, but I know. We know about this kind of stuff. It's all we know. Okay? I was smart enough to know it's okay to have a black stormtrooper because I'm not a monster. And he was good. Say what you will about the movies. I enjoyed the movies. You didn't have to. Nobody's making you. Who am I talking to right now? This can't be enjoyable. This isn't enjoyable for me. Is this enjoyable for you? I feel like I'm really blowing it for our guest. Let's just get right to our guest today, okay? Because he is very funny. He's a great guy. Uh, his name is Ronnie Pascal. You can find him on Twitter at Ronnie Pascal, same as Instagram, and on YouTube at Ronnie Pascal. NYC, and that's Pascal, P-A-S-C-A-L-E. You'll be able to see all this in the liner notes of the episode. Well, not liner notes, but just show notes of the episode. Uh, so you definitely want to check him out, but uh, let us go to our interview with him and see what he's got to say. Hey, everybody. We are here with Ronnie Pascal, improviser, actor, uh, producer, and host of Roast Yourself Online. Uh, Rodney, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. I am very excited for this episode. Oh, this is going to be great. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, first thing I wanted to talk to you about is uh, you spent a lot of your time as, as like an improv teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, uh, what do you think is the hardest thing, because I know you uh, teach a lot of drop-in classes, what is the thing that you have to teach people about improv that you thought you wouldn't have to teach them going into it? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Uh, improv, well, so for the drop-in classes specifically, uh, they are people that aren't necessarily, like, they're not taking classes maybe, or they're trying to get, like, better at taking classes or communicating. And I feel like drop-in classes are always people who don't have the best like social skills so like you can't say this kind of racist word or this kind of like misogynistic thing let's let's start working on being better humans uh, I feel like I have to teach humanity a little bit more than I thought I would have to <laughs> that's awesome it's just um it's funny because I mean I learned improv in high school and it was just those sort of things and it's like the first thing, obviously, like kind of the first lesson is the yes and of it all, because you you sit there and our teacher let us screw it up over and over again. And he's like, OK, so why did this scene go nowhere fast? Oh, because when you said you were buying a fish, you said, no, these are birds. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it was that thing. And it's like, yeah, that seems pretty obvious. Like when, when you think about it, eh? it's kind of a team sport, isn't it? Yeah, improv is definitely a team sport. Improv doesn't work when, yeah, like fish and birds and like, no, let's agree that these are fish or birds and then have fun with the weird stuff. Uh, 
I think people don't trust their instinct of having fun. So people don't trust that they're good at make-believe. And uh, there's an improv book by a guy named Keith Johnstone that I really like that most people don't focus on as much. And Johnstone's big thing, his philosophy is like focus on like children are really good at make-believe, right? Like two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, they're really good at making stuff up. But the older we get, the less good we are at making stuff up. And his book is just about getting back in touch with your like childhood imagination. And that's what I try to like bring into it because I'm in New York and a lot of New Yorkers don't, no one really uses that book. And I was like, no, no, that's the book that we should all be using as our Bible. But alas. Who do you think is harder to teach? Or is there like a group that's harder to teach? Younger people, older people, uh, uh, people with some acting background, no acting background? Uh, The easiest that I've ever taught was a group of high school kids. Uh, It was an all boys high school somewhere in the city. I was like, I realized I almost said like what school it was. I'm like, no, we probably (laughs) couldn't do that. But yeah, high school boys felt like they were like really in it just to have fun. They didn't care about like uh, whatever. And let's see, I feel like the people that had the hardest time teaching, the drop-ins specifically, are older people who acted but didn't do well at it, if that makes sense. Okay. Of like, they thought they did well, or like, uh, they're like, yeah, I was so good back in 1977. And I was like, all right, cool, what have you done? And they're like, oh yeah, one time I did background on uh, I don't know, like a 70s show, like Knight Rider. I love the 80s, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they're like, I did background on an episode of Knight Rider once. Here are my acting skills. I'm like, cool, but let's do it this way. <laughs> you can only react to a talking car so many ways. I know. I mean, talking <laughs> cars are the coolest, so. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, you spent time at the... Um... Uh, People's Improv Theater in New York. And uh, you produced a lot of festivals there, I was reading about you. Uh, What goes into putting together a festival like that? Like comedy festivals in general, but then you've got improv festivals, sketch festivals, and like what goes into finding all these groups and organizing it and all that? Oh, a lot of spreadsheets. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I was the associate artistic director at the pit. So the pit has uh, three stages. And there was generally four or five shows a night per stage. So there was between 12 and 15 shows a night. And it was just me and one other person booking it all. And uh, so it was just making a lot of friends, a lot of connections with a lot of improv groups, a lot of stand-ups, a lot of sketch groups, and then seeing like what's good, what's not. And then for festival time, uh, to it and then you would just be like oh yeah they did really well we like them they're like friday at eight o'clock in like the prime time slot like oh we kind of like this group they're not great yet but we want to give them some confidence let's put them like sunday at like five o'clock or six o'clock or whatever um and it's watching a lot of hard to watch youtube videos uh of like why did you think this was good to send me <laughs> I feel like anyone listening to this is like, wow, that guy sounds like such an elitist, and I am. I am an elitist. <laughs> well, I mean, when you've got the power, right? Yeah. Uh, I stepped away from the power, though, in 2017 yeah. from the foot. Because I, I, I did associate artistic director for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Burnt out. So I was just like, all right, what's next? 
And then what I realized that I like doing better is producing my own stuff. So I've roast yourself on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and I've done some other things. And those give me infinitely more pleasure because I have more creative control <laughs> and way less stress because I'm not worried about like different egos going on behind the scenes. For sure. Uh, one of those things too that I saw that you had produced was uh, Unauthorized the Musical. It was a mm-hmm. little earlier on. What kind of movies did you cover in that? Because I was reading about it, but I didn't see what movies. Ooh. Uh, Unauthorized was actually what like, catapulted my entire life and career. Uh, long story short, my two best friends. So I was, this is before I was associate artist director. I was just front of house manager at the pit at that point. Okay. So I was basically just in charge of like making sure the interns were sweeping and mopping and checking tickets. Uh, and then my two best friends were the bartenders. They were musical theater guys. And, uh, and they also lived next door to me. I was living in New Jersey at the time and they lived right next door. And, uh, my shift would end at like midnight. Their shift would end at like three or four in the morning. So I would get drunk and hang out with them. And then they would drive me home afterwards. One drunken night, I was like, we should make a Back to the Future musical. I have no idea where that idea came from. Uh, I think I just like pulled it out of my butt, said it out loud. They were like, great idea. And I was like, okay, cool. And then the next day, they're like, did you mean what you said last night? And I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh-oh, what I say? And they're like, let's do a Back to the Future musical. And I was like, cool. So uh, yeah, I produced that. And because that did well, the pit took me on. Uh, yeah, we did Back to the Future. That did really well. And then we ended up selling it to a theater in Australia. Yeah. Uh, our number two was Ghostbusters. No, no, sorry. Ghostbusters was three. Number two was Steel Magnolias as a full musical. That's amazing. <laughs> We did Ghostbusters, Steel Magnolias, uh, Back to the Future, Hunger Games, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Those are, oh my God, those are fantastic. I love yeah, that. Our Nightmare on Elm Street was so good. Oh, I, lo- I love the idea of that. Like just instantly when I was reading, I just, that just bounced right off of me. I'm like, oh my God, that sounds hilarious. Yeah, it was just a dumb, drunken idea that somehow sold a lot of tickets that's kind of what this whole podcast was it wasn't drunken but it was very late night like it was almost a booty call of ideas so you up let's make a podcast yeah those are the best ones like roast yourself uh my youtube show Mm -hmm. is was a dumb idea one day like i saw an old picture of me i roasted it and then i thought to myself wow i just roasted myself and then i was like let's do that as a show that's awesome and that's actually that was the next question i was gonna ask is where the idea came from but what do we think it is because you know i was trying to get the stuff together in time but i couldn't i was going to roast myself mm-hmm. on here uh but i couldn't get my teeny tiny little pictures from my yearbook in time needless to say i look like the world's <laughs> youngest sex offender but the uh uh but yeah it's what is it about our younger selves that we find so roastable like everybody looks back at their old selves and just like and instantly can dig into that kid in a way that borders the bullying yeah there's uh so yeah uh facebook was like 10 years ago you said this remember you know like the facebook memories yeah the memory that day was, I'm so bored. I wrote 10 years ago to that day, I'm so bored. And then an hour later wrote, still bored. <laughs> and I screenshotted it and recently screenshotted it because Facebook was like, 10 years ago, you were so bored. 
And then I posted it on Instagram and I was like, wow, uh, to Ronnie, what year is it? 2010, Ronnie wants you to know how bored he is right now. <laughs> and so, yeah, there was this like, so I started doing the show and then comedians come on, they give me an embarrassing picture and then they roast themselves. And I noticed that the embarrassing pictures are always like teenage years. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the only ones that like fall outside of teenage years are like, if they were like John Benet Ramsey type, like pageant girls. <laughs> oh my God. Like, yeah. Like, and then like more they're roasting their moms when those are the pictures, mm-hmm. but generally there's some awkwardness that happens between like, like 10 or 11 to like 15, 16. Like we have acne, we have our bodies are going through weird shit. Mm-hmm. Right. So we have like crazy acne, we have crazy hair, we have terrible fashion sense. Oh my God. Yeah. So I, I feel like those are the best ones are when people, go like between like 10 and 16. That's uh, for sure. I, it was funny watching the people and just, and you see too, because you've got people of different ages. So when they were those ages vary, which means the different, uh, the different attire, the different hair cuts and stuff is just kind of all over the place. And it's just, I, I mean, I was very, <sighs> simple when it came to everything. I had very short, fine hair. I couldn't do crazy stuff. I couldn't grow a rat tail. I couldn't do all this, but to see big, thick, like lion mane mullets and like all these different things is just awesome to see. I had a rat tail and my grandma cut it off when I was sleeping one day and hindsight. Thank you, grandma. And the moment (laughs) hated her. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, so the reason that we are here today is we have a movie selected that we're going to discuss. And when we were discussing, you brought the movie forth to me and it was Con Air. Mm-hmm. So why did we pick this movie? Okay. I picked Con Air because I am, what year was I born? I was born in 1985. I got my first computer in 1996 when I was 11 years old and got the internet. Uh, I got America online. So AIM isn't even out yet. And, uh, I quickly, I think first night, I found out that you could go into chat rooms based on locations, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I found a, I'm from Connecticut. I found a chat room like Connecticut Kids or something like that. <laughs> and I met a girl really quick and she was the same age as me. I think she's a year younger. So I was 11, she was 10. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, there was no weirdness there. Like, Thank God. No, We said sex offender before. I was like, am I allowed to say that? Mm -hmm. Uh, No sex offender, even though I was like, maybe this is that. But I don't think that was in my brain at that point. So, uh, yeah, we went on. We, like, chatted for, like, six months. And then one day, both of us were like, hey, we should meet up. And both of our moms are like, not if we can't go. So the four of us and my brother, so the five of us, went to go see a midday matinee of Con Air for my very first date. Oh my God, that's fantastic. What are your first impressions of that movie at that age in that scenario? Uh, So my brother is on one side of me. She's on one side of me. And there's a really dumb detail in the movie, but uh, Nicolas Cage's daughter in the movie, what's his name? Colton? Man, I forgot what his name was and I wrote it down somewhere. Anyway, uh, the daughter's birthday is July 14th. That's my brother's birthday. And when I'm like sitting there nervous and trying not to pay attention to her or anything else, my brother's like, my birthday's July 14th. <laughs> my brother's like whispering at her. 
And I was like, this is my date. Leave me alone. <laughs> go, go sit over there. And my brother wouldn't go away. Uh, yeah, my first, I was nervous. My first impression was nervous. I don't even remember the beginning of the movie until I rewatched it. I was like, oh, that's why he's in jail. All right, Ronnie, I don't yeah. want to keep you too much longer. Thank you so much for doing the episode. Uh, can you uh, let everybody know where they can find you on social media and all that? Sure. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. Uh, social media. It's just Ronnie Pascal on everything. Instagram, Facebook. Don't Facebook friend me. I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, you can, but not everyone else can. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. And then for some weird reason, YouTube wouldn't let me just use my name. So it's Ronnie Pascal NYC. Because they're like, there's more than one Ronnie Pascal. You can't be greedy. How dare you? <laughs> They're like, you need to be more specific in who you are. Awesome. And uh, Roast Yourself drops on Saturdays, am I correct? Saturdays, uh, yes. Saturdays, 10 p.m. Eastern time. And then we're going to take a break for December. I might do the first week of December. I haven't decided. That's the perk of not running a theater and just doing it on my own schedule. Yeah, it's weekly. But also, if you go on my YouTube there's every episode that's ever happened. So there's, I think we're at like 25 now. I lost count. I think it's 25. All right. So everybody make sure to go and check out Ronnie Pascal NYC. Don't forget the NYC for the, uh, <laughs> for YouTube and make sure to check those episodes out. Ronnie, thank you so much for joining us. It was a blast. All right. That was my talk with Ronnie Pascal and thank him again so much for coming and uh, talking with us and picking a fun movie. We are doing Con Air. We have talked about this one for a while now. Uh, let us go and see, listen to this trailer. He's a U.S. Ranger. Highly decorated. Did a little hell raising when he was a kid, but nothing serious. He's defending his wife. Got in a drunken brawl. And he killed a guy. Could have happened to you or me. After serving the last of his sentence, Cameron Poe is taking the first plane home to his wife and daughter. Today's flight is a special one. We're populating Louisiana's Felton Penitentiary. These guys are the worst of the worst. I see a lot of celebrities among us. I see 11 primetime lives, three Regis and Kathy Lees, and a genuine 2020 interviewee. What you looking at, punk? Nothing. I was just admiring your cage. But one wrong flight. Stewardess, what's the in-flight movie today? <laughs> can ruin your whole day. And nobody on this aircraft gives a flying. The issue here is how the plane is brought down. Shoot it down. There are innocent people up there. He's got a little girl to come home to. He's been waiting for this day for eight years. What are you going to do? What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to save the day. Check your weapons. Take your seat. Isn't that your car? And say your prayers. He's got the whole world Jerry Bruckheimer, Nicholas Cage, John Cusack, 
John Malkovich. Where are they gonna land this thing? How do you feel about the blackjack tables? Oh man, uh, so many questions about that. But just my instant reaction is the movie trailer voice guy. It's been so long, and I love listening to that. It's so not a part of movie trailers anymore. And I honestly think that his death, and then the new guy came in. And they're like, you know what? I can't be bothered with this guy. We're going. We're going with the old school. Uh, just nobody talking. We're just going to show you some clips. We're going to put it together in a clever way. Maybe some text that would have been, you know, in a world. But uh, actually, let me do that better. I'm going to lubricate the old throat here. I think I can do a good one. Ready? <clears throat> in a world, one man, one desire. I think I, I nailed it. And there's nobody here to validate me or to invalidate me more accurately. All right? So, nailed it. All right, guys. So, once again, go check out Ronnie and roast yourself on YouTube on Saturdays. And make sure uh, to just, you know, like, subscribe. Do all those things to him that we ask you to do to us. And then, make sure you're still doing that to us. If you haven't done it yet, you... Owe it to yourself. You owe nothing to me. You owe nothing to me. I'm not putting out a program that is worthy of you owing me something. However, you owe it to yourself to give that little subscribe button a click, to write something down and say, Joe is the sexiest person I've ever listened to on the radio because he does one man, one desire. So I under like I get that that's how you feel. Put it on put it down on paper or Jesus Christ, how old am I? Uh, you know, put it down on the intranet there and make yourself heard. Let other people hear you. And then they go, that person is a wise motherfucker. I'll stare at you for a little bit longer here. All right, guys, that is it for this week. Uh, next week, Con Air. It's going to be a lot of fun, I promise. Uh, until then... Find us at miscastcommentary.com. Email us, podcast at miscastcommentary.com. Find us at Twitter, at miscastpodcast. Uh, I'm at JK Finley. Todd's at miscasttodd. Instagram, at miscastcommentary. Uh, Facebook, join us there, facebook.com slash miscastcommentary. Uh, Tumblr, just search miscastcommentary. I don't really know how that one works. Uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash miscastcommentary. That's where you find a lot of our episodes. We'll be doing the recording for this one, actually, we we probably will have done it before you heard this episode, right? Mind blowing. Uh, so all those good things, all those good places. Uh, as always, just if you go to the website, you get every which way to reach us. Go check out our T Public store too. We got lots of cool designs there, worthy of your chest area, not just for the ladies. For the guys, too. Although, I do apologize because a lot of the things I write, now I know this is a tighter shot, like I said, but I'm wearing one of ours right now, and it kind of goes directly across kind of just the breast area. I've actually been mindful of that, and I'm trying to work 
like a more square area. So we're focusing on your abs as well because we know you're working hard up there. All right, guys, we will see y'all next week. Yeah, I said y'all. Con Air is in my soul. This has been Miscast Commentary with your hosts, Joe Finley and Todd Murray. Executive producer, Joe Finley. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Visit www.miscastcommentary.com for all news related to the podcast. Miscast Commentary is a Miscast Media Production.